Following is a production of Locked Up Sports. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca from the Michael K Show. When it comes to talking sports, Bob Walters and Brett Grasso are the authority. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. Lock up sports, and it starts now. From the Brian Gunzel Studios, I'm Bob Walters. This is Locked Up Sports. The Mets wave the white flag as they deal two key pieces in an attempt to get younger. And the fire sale is on. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Yankees get Aaron Judge back, but after a big game on Saturday, he's on the bench on Sunday. As the Orioles take batting practice off Luis Severino, how many times can Boone continue to run him out there with every game so important? And the United States is as their backs against the wall in the World Cup in unfamiliar territory after a lackluster performance against the Dutch. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Walters again by myself. Brett is still away, still taking care of his father. His father's home. Update on his father as he's home. He's doing well, but you know that's major surgery. So Brett is is tending to, to duties. You know he's he's doing what he's got to do, and he'll be back here whenever he can. So you you're stuck you're stuck with another uh, another episode with just me. So sorry sorry to to uh, to disappoint you, <laughs> but you're, you're stuck here with me, and um, we're gonna start with the Mets today, of course. We usually start with the Mets, but I'm going to start with the Mets today because I think this is pretty much the last time we'll be talking about the Mets. The Mets, after this week, will become irrelevant. They're out of it. They've waved the white flag. They're officially, you know, big-time sell-off. It's a, it's a fire sale in Flushing is what it is. Uh, they dealt Scherzer to Texas. You know, like they didn't have enough of our aging pitchers with DeGrom. They, they decided they, to go, you know, try it one more time and get Scherzer. Scherzer, but, you know, so Scherzer went to, to um, Texas, and they dealt Robertson. He was the first chip to go, and he went to the Marlins. And I'll tell you what, it's crazy. It's, if you would have told any of us back in April that the Mets and the Marlins would be making trade deadline deals, that you'd, you'd be expecting the complete opposite. The complete opposite. And here's how the week went. The, the timeline, the timeline was, was Thursday night. Um, Robertson was warming up in the bullpen. It was a 1-1 game, I believe, and there was a rain delay. It, it wasn't even raining. They, they, it was a preemptive. They, put, they stopped the game, bottom of the eighth inning, for about an hour and a half. During that hour and a half, the Mets traded Robertson to the Marlins. Okay? So he went to the Marlins. So when they came back, the Mets took the lead. Rally came in, and, and he closed the game out, and the Mets got the win. But Robertson was dealt. After the game, Scherzer, who had started that game, was asked what he thought of the of the of the trade of Robertson, and he seemed surprised and he seemed pissed off about it. What he said was, he said, "Well, now I'm going to have to talk to the front office and find out the direction of this team." And you could see kind of there that he wasn't happy about this because once Robertson got sold, that's it; it's over. The white flag is raised. the The season's over. They've given up. Which okay, we all know why they gave up. They, they're seven, eight games back of the wild card. They they got four or five teams in front of them. They, it's not happening. They would basically have to pay twenty to twenty five games over five hundred just to 
just to have a sniff and get a, get a close to that wild card spot. And then this this team's been an under five hundred team through the first hundred games. They're not going to play anywhere near twenty games over five hundred in the last two months. So they started the fire sale. Robertson went. Scherzer announced his displeasure the following day at six o'clock. There was it started to leak out that that the Mets and the Rangers have a deal, and Scherzer is involved. So it was okay. Now the deal's done. Eight o'clock. It still wasn't official because Scherzer he didn't want to waive his um, he waived the no trade clause. He was willing to go to the Rangers, but he didn't want to uh, have the the forty three million guaranteed next year. You know, because I don't want that guaranteed. He wanted it to be still a player option. And I'm sitting there, and I was actually at the game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? I mean, nobody's going to pay you even close to that amount of money. Why would you ever opt out? You know, why would you ever opt out of that contract? It turns out that he had a couple incentives, a couple million dollars here and there. I, I think that whole thing was, was 100% Boris. He's a Boris um, client, Scherzer is. I think Boris was... A hundred percent telling him, don't leave, you know, you can't leave these three million on the table when you're getting the 43 million. So either way, it got worked out. Scherzer was, uh, the, the trade became official, I'd say probably like 9, 9.30 that night. The Mets got blown out that night. And now it's officially a, a fire sale. And the only question left is, is who's, who's not, who's going to be left on the Mets? Who's going to be left? Who are they going to deal? You know this certain guy. You know Khan is gone. He's going to be traded. You know um, Riley out of Vino is probably going to be traded. The question is, is Verlander going to be traded? Now, Verlander, again, has a no-trade clause. Okay, so he, he can approve and did not approve. And he had the quote where he said, you know, I'm signed for this team for two years. I'm in it. I'm on this Mets. I'm signed for two years with the Mets. I want to be with the Mets. It was a total opposite of what Scherzer said, because Scherzer said everything besides I want to be traded in his comments after the, after the game on Thursday night. So you saw that coming after he made those comments. Now, do I, as far as the trades go, now who the Mets got back, now is Verlander going to go? I don't know if Verlander's going to go. I think if the Mets get a good enough deal, I think Verlander will go. I think everybody is available. I think there's maybe five guys who aren't available. Okay, here's the here's the guys that I think are not available. I don't think obviously Alvarez, Batty, uh, I Alonzo. I I don't think Alonzo's available, but I would not. It would not be a complete shock if Alonzo somehow got dealt. Although I don't see that happening. So let's put Alonzo in the untouchable, and Lindor obviously because he signed you know for the next eight or nine years. Other than that, anybody can get traded from this team. The Mets are clearly. In full rebuild mode, as as we'll see, as we'll talk about in a minute with with the return they got on the two trades that they've made so far, they're in full rebuild mode. They want to beef up their their minor leagues. They've now learned that you can't buy the championship. The same thing. Listen, us Mets fans have been yelling at the Yankee fans forever. You can't buy a championship, right? And then we were able to try and buy a championship, and we we bought right into it. We bought right into it. We thought you could. Just like that. And it turns out, you know, we were right the whole time. You can't. You can't buy a championship. And what happened was now I think we're entering phase two of the Steve Cohen 
era as as owner because phase one was okay we're gonna win the title in three to five years i'm gonna throw a bunch of money at this the money the likes of which this game has never seen and we're gonna get this championship well he went down that road and it was a dead end because the mets had 100 wins last year 101 wins last year they lost to grom they added another hall of fame pitcher in verlander and it just didn't work. It didn't work at all this year. This team is a bad... They, they were a bad baseball team. And now did the Diaz injury you know, facilitate that and, and, and make them worse? It probably did. But let's be real. This team would not be... I don't think they'd be in contention if they had Diaz because they weren't blowing saves. They weren't blowing saves. Robertson came in, he stepped in, he did a good job. The rest of the bullpen was terrible. And that was one of the main problems with this with this team was the bullpen. It was a it was a terrible bullpen. They had back breaking losses. And then on top of that, you had Scherzer and Verlander who were supposed to be stoppers. When you have a, lo- a losing streak, you're supposed to have Verlander Scherzer there. Those they stopped the losing streak. The Hall of Famers, they come in, they pitch big games, and neither one of them has pitched great. Verlander's been better, which is why I think if they deal Verlander, they're going to get something back real good because the bar's been set with Scherzer, okay? First, let's go with the Robertson trade. The Robertson trade, they got, I don't think, this is not a good trade. And this, myself included, along with most Mets fans, were just ticked off at Billy Epler when he made this trade, when we found out what it was. He traded away Robertson. Now, I get it. He's going to be a free agent. It's only a rental but he got back two basically low rookie ball teenage prospects. You know, guys who, if they even make the major leagues, are years away, four or five years away from making the major leagues. Uh, so that, you know, that right there showed, okay, now we're, now we're in trouble. Now, it, now it's really over. It's really a rebuild. Then the next day, when they dealt Scherzer, they did get it. They got a decent deal, but it cost them money. So what the Scherzer deal is, and I have it right here, just so I make sure I get it right. The Mets get Luis Angel Acuna, who is a big-time prospect. He was the number three prospect in the Texas Rangers organization. He's a, he immediately becomes the Mets' number one prospect in their minor league system. Okay, Projected to be in the major leagues next year, possibly, uh, possibly next year. 2025 the latest okay he's tearing up double a right now he's got big numbers you see him right here he's the brother of uh, he's obviously the brother of ronald acuna who is just who's just a superstar so they got a big return there but now it cost it cost cohen money because the rangers didn't want to pay 40 million to scherzer next year because nobody wants to pay $40 million to Scherzer. So what the Mets did was they sent Scherzer, and they also paid $35 million of the contract for the remainder of, the, the remainder of this year and next year. So the, the Texas Rangers are on the hook for about $24 million. So they're going to get Scherzer two months into this season. They're going to get Scherzer all of next season, and it's going to cost them about $24 million, and it's going to cost them their number three prospect in their organization. So now Scherzer was not. We all know Scherzer was not pitching great. He had a, he pitched a nice game the other night, but he has not been good. Okay, I, I last week I came on here, I railed on Scherzer. I said I want him out. I'm 
I'm not changed. I, I did not change my mind on that. I'm still in the same camp. I'm glad Scherzer's gone. I think the whole thing was a disaster. He's old. He he was no good in any big spot. Okay, if you look here, his numbers are, aren't terrible. Okay, he's twenty and nine. He's got a three something ERA. They're not terrible numbers, but when you watch the games, you know that he just didn't come up big in any spot when the Mets needed him. Okay, the playoff game, the games against the Braves, the games this year when they needed him to, when they just needed to stop the bleeding, and Scherzer came up in his turn in the rotation, and he just went up there and he couldn't do it. He's a home run machine. I don't know why. I guess Texas wants his playoff experience. Texas has, they have no, none of their pitchers on their staff have any playoff experience. Zero. Scherzer now steps in and you got a veteran who's won championships, who's pitched in a million playoff games. And, you know, they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle and that maybe he turns it around and he could throw together a bunch of good starts. Okay. Now, the Mets are paying $35 million of his salary, which means they're basically paying $35 million for Luis Angel Acuna, who's a double-A player right now. Now, he's, he's a big prospect. He will probably be in the major leagues. He's a shortstop. He could also play some second base, which is, now, which is another reason why now I think don't be surprised if McNeil gets, gets moved. Okay. McNeil could very easily be moved. He's going to hold some. He's going to have some value. It's not going to be as good value as he would have had, you know, last year. But McNeil could be moved. He's not definitely not on the protected, untouchable list. I'll tell you that much. So the Mets get Acuna. That's a good. That's a good trade. Okay. So Epler has kind of made up for it right there. I'm not crazy about Epler still. Okay. That first trade for Don. Um, for Robertson is just, I mean, you could have, I, I feel like they could have got more. He's the best closer on the market this trade deadline. They made the trade almost a week before the trade deadline. I don't know why they didn't hold out, you know, get another team or two involved in it, have them bid the Marlins and the other team. I think what happened was the Marlins probably went to him and they said, listen, we need him now. We need him for this week because we're, we're slipping. We can't afford to lose any more ground. We need him right now. This is what we're going to pay you. And he cut, when they say that, he could have fleeced them a little bit. But he got two kid teenagers in rookie ball. They're high school kids. We'll see. I know, now, I could be dead wrong. I know nothing about any of these kids. I barely know anything about Acuna except for what I've heard. Okay, I've never seen any of them play. Acuna, I know his brother is a great player. So he obviously has the pedigree. I know his numbers look great. He's tearing up. He's raking down in, in double A. He right now is the number one prospect in the Mets organization. So there's that. But as far as who's who, I mean, was it a good deal? Have, have they Mets done well? Listen, I don't know what this team's going to look like next year. That's the problem. And I, I think what their deal is, I think what the plan is, I, that the problem is, is that, and the Mets fans' problem, and I can tell you right now, is the uncertainty. We don't know what this team's going to look like next year. Is this going to be a full teardown rebuild? Beef up the minor league system to be good in three or four years? Or is this a, we'll keep Verlander, we'll have Zanga, okay, and then we'll have Lindor, we'll have the kids, Alvarez, 
and we'll pick up a two or three free agents, big time free agents in the off season, and we'll have a, a team that can compete next year. Because right now the Mets are looking at this going. Mets fans are looking at this going. Well, how are we going to even compete? And if they get rid of Verlander, what are we going to do? Who's going to pitch for this team? I mean, you saw Carrasco last night. I went to the game. I decided to go to the game last night when there was an hour rain delay. I wasn't doing anything. I was like, you know what? Let me go to the game. I get there. By the time I got there, about 20 minutes after they started, it was 5 nothing. Carrasco was terrible. The only thing worse than Carrasco was Severino tonight. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Carrasco, you got Carrasco, you got Zenga. I mean, I don't know who's going to pitch for this team. And then I've also seen online people, you know, saying, I don't, they're only six and a half. They're only seven games. Out. Listen, the, the, you got to stop with that, okay? The, the, the season's over. The season was over at the end of June. Probably mid June, the season was over. And we knew it was over. Six, seven games. Yeah, okay, it's six, seven games. There's 50 games left. But they got four or five teams to jump. That's a lot of games to make up and a lot of teams to jump. That's a lot of teams you need to lose. They are not doing it. I heard some people saying, oh, well, they got rid of him. Diaz is coming back. They are not. They've already stated we are not going to rush Diaz at all because of this. The Mets could be a game out, and they are not rushing. And I don't want them to rush Diaz because we, we can't afford to lose Diaz to have him get any more injured. For what? To have this team somewhat make it interesting it's over folks it's over it's been over for a long time i've been telling you that this is not a good baseball team okay this is what happens when you have a baseball team that's seven games out of the wild card okay with five teams in front of them and they're on five six seven games under 500 that this is what happens they took three out of four this weekend um verlander today if this was his last start Congratulations to, to Justin Verlander. He becomes the 47th pitcher in Major League history to record 250 wins. So, listen, that's a congratulations to him. And if he gets dealt, I, you know, I'm not against it. But you got to get at least what you got for Scherzer. Because you know with Verlander it's going to be the same situation. They're going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay a lot of the salary, just like they did with Scherzer. They had to pay, you know, they're paying a good chunk of that salary next year. And they're paying $30 million for a double-A player next year. Plus whatever Acuna's contract is, which I'm sure it's, it's, it's relatively large for at least somebody down that low. So, I mean, that, that's, that's where that is. That, that's, why I, that's why I wanted to start with the Mets tonight. Because after Tuesday... The Mets are going to be irrelevant. We won't be talking much about the Mets. They won't be in the news anymore. They'll just kind of go away is what's going to happen with the Mets. You know, the Yankees, they're, they got their own issues. We might be into football by the Hall of Fame game. You know, we might be uh, debating as to whether Aaron Rodgers should or should not have said anything about Sean Payton. But right now, until Tuesday... It's Mets, it's trade deadline, it's Yankees. Who are they going to acquire? So that's why I started with the Mets. I know the Yankees had a big game today. I know Judge is back. So now let's get to that. Okay. I flipped the game on tonight. Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN. supposed to be a good, it's going to be a good one. 
right? It's a big game. You got the, the, the young Orioles, the upstart Orioles, first place, first time they've been in first place while the Yank this late in the season, while the Yankees are in last place this late in the season in decades. And Severino's pitching, bottom of the first, and he can't get anybody out. Okay, it was 6 nothing Baltimore before Severino recorded an out. And if you're Aaron Boone, you got to be asking yourself, can I run this guy out there anymore? I don't see how you can. The Yankees are in a pennant race. Okay, they're fighting for their lives. As far as their trade deadline goes, they need more offense. Clearly, we all know that. Half the time they don't score runs, period. Tonight was was completely on Severino. And he and, and Boone left him out there and he let him basically take one for the team. Judge and then uh, now another issue I have, Judge added a lineup tonight. Okay? He just came back Friday. He had three walks on Friday. He hit a long home run last night uh, on Saturday night. He had a big game. The offense was just starting to click, and he sat him on the bench tonight. I don't know if it was like a load management type thing. I don't know if, if Judge's foot was sore. But you can't be do you can't be playing games with anything now the rest of the way. The Yankees are every game is gonna matter. That's why you I don't think you could run Severino out there anymore. That was the, that was a disaster tonight. It's six nothing, and he's got zero outs in the first inning. And they're hitting the balls, they're just hitting rockets. Screaming line drives, three-run homer, walk. It, it, it was a disaster. The Yankees right now, after tonight, are, let me tell you, they're nine games out of the, out of the division, so that, that's gone. And I told you I liked the Orioles. I told you the Orioles were good. And I told you the Orioles were going to pass Tampa. They're a game and a half ahead of Tampa. They're five and a half ahead of Toronto. The, the, the entire American League East. Could end up in the playoffs. I don't. It won't happen. But you got Baltimore in the lead in the division. They're headed to the playoffs. You got Tampa Bay. And now, when you look at the wild card, the wild card, the Yankees are three and a half out of the wild card. Tampa, Houston, and Toronto are your three wild card teams. Boston is two and a half back. The Yankees are three and a half back. The Yankees are now. Five games over five hundred. They're fifty-five and fifty. You can't be afforded to, to run Severino out there now. Does tonight make them see that okay, we need a starting pitcher? I know they were going. They wanted the guy from St. Louis. Uh, what was his name? Oh, they they wanted Hicks from from St. Louis, but he got dealt today, not to the Yankees. Okay, they they so there are rumblings that. San Diego is making Soto available. They are talking to teams, and there's rumblings that the Yankees are one of those teams and that they're interested. If I were the Yankees and you really want to go for it this year and you don't want to just you know hope that you get squeezed into that last wild card spot, you got to get Soto. That's, that's really the option because the Yankees, yeah, their pitching is bad. Severino's terrible, and he's been terrible for the majority of the year. The offense is the real issue with the Yankees. Okay, they don't score runs. They go games without scoring runs. 
They have they barely have anybody at eight hundred in the in OPS in their lineup. We were the Yankee fans are celebrating when Donaldson went down a couple weeks ago. The Yankees got to get a bat in that lineup. Now, if they could get a bat and an arm, even if it's a long relief or if it's a, a starting pitcher, somebody's got to replace Severino because. Boone is going to lose his job, and Cashman's going to lose his job if they don't do anything and he keeps running Severino out there because he can't pitch. He's not a major league pitcher anymore. He's now done this too, enough times where I can say that this is what he is. I don't know what changed. I don't know what, what has got, had just gone wrong, that he can't get anybody out now, but Severino's not, he's not a major league pitcher. You're not, you can't be going out there, running a guy out there in a pennant race when you're, that's given up six runs before he gets an out in the first inning, and before you even sit down and open your beer to watch the game, it's over. That's what the Mets do. <laughs> That's what the Mets did last night when I, when I went to the game. 5 nothing before I even got there. So the Yankees, Cashman is, is, is on the hot seat. Listen, whatever you, whatever you think, I'm gonna say, I think Cashman's on the hot seat here. And I think if Cashman's on the hot seat, Boone's on the hot seat. I think if the Yankees finish under 500 and miss the playoffs, I think Cashman's gone and I think Boone's gone with them. That that's where I think it is. So now does Cashman think the same thing I do? Does he does he feel the heat? Does he go out there and make a big move? Does he get Soto? Does he bring Soto back? Does does he get go find a pitcher? It's going to be very interesting with the Yankees. They're clearly buyers. Okay? You got the Orioles, who are real good, you got Toronto, who is probably better than their than their than their record, and you got Tampa, who's always there. And Tampa's always, you know, we haven't talked about Tampa for a while now because they haven't played good really. I'd say the last sixty games, Tampa really has not been great. That's how they let Baltimore pass them. So I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. As far as the rest, the, the Angels have decided to go for it, and they're really going for it. And they, they're losing games. I watched the, uh, I actually watched the whole game yes, yesterday, Saturday, I believe it was. I watched um, the entire game, Toronto and, and the Angels. Toronto killed them. And the Angels, now today, they picked up another two players. Okay, the Angels, I'm looking right here on the TV. They got C.J. Crone and Randall uh, Grychuk from Colorado. So they, they're going all in. They're pushing all the, you know, they're Jim Fossil. They push all their chips to the, to the center of the table. That's what the Angels are doing. They got Otani. They got Trout. And good good for them. Because the fact that you have those two guys and they, they don't make the playoffs every year and they've never played in the playoffs and America's never seen them in a playoff spot, that's a shame. And I think the owner over there in the, for the Angels, I think he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to get rid of Otani, which you're not going to get what, what he's worth because it's a rental. Unless he decides to sign before the trade's even made, which he's not going to do. He's going to free agent, free agency. He's going to free agency, and he's, it's a smart move. It's the right thing to do. But he is... The Angels are going all in, and they are... Let me look at the Angels. The Angels are four games out of the wild card. They're four games out of the wild card. 
And as far as their division goes, they are five games out of the division behind Texas and Houston, and Texas has just gotten a lot better. Forget about Scherzer. Scherzer's there. I, I, listen, I don't think they got much better with Scherzer. I think the Mets kind of got a good deal on that. I'm happy about the Scherzer deal. I don't, I don't know what to do with Verlander. I think the Mets, I think, like I said, the, the, the fear among Mets fans and the anger among Mets fans here is, is, is the uncertainty. You know, the fear of the unknown. We don't know what is, what's going to happen next year. Because if we just sell everybody off, what are we left with? We're left with a shell of a baseball team that's, you know, a last place baseball team. And we don't want to do that. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think they might sell everybody off. But I think they'll, listen, they got the kids, they got Alvarez, they got Lindor. They do have talent on this team, and they will have talent on this team. Senga's going to be there. So either way, there's going to be talent, and we already know that Steve Cohen's going to spend. So he'll pick up whoever, whatever he needs to make this a contending team. Are they going to be, you know, heavy favorites like they were this year and, and high World Series expectations? No, probably not. They're not. But they're also not going to be the Royals or the Oakland A's. You can't do that in New York. You can't tear it down like that in New York and, and go through a full rebuild where it's five, six years of just dreadful teams and getting high draft picks and, and building up the system. That's what the Orioles did. Okay, everybody's all over the Orioles now and, oh, they're great, myself included. But what a lot of people don't remember is two years ago, the Orioles lost 110 games. And for the five years before that, they were losing 90 and 100 games every year. Camden Yards was a ghost town. You can't do that in New York. So the Mets, even if they get rid of Verlander, um, McNeil, let's say they even they, they go crazy and they get rid of Alonzo, they will replace them with free agents and, and they will have a reputable baseball team next year. Is it going to be a team that can win the division? Probably not. I don't think they. I don't think any any team can win the division with the way the Braves are playing. The Braves are high powered, young. They're the Braves. That, that that's what it is. Listen, they're the Braves, and, and they've always been like that. But they are by far the best team in baseball, and they are going to be the best team in baseball probably through next year, and maybe the following year with the with the way that that roster is constructed. That's how they're going to be. But are the Mets, I, I don't, they're not going to be as bad as we think they are. Okay, listen, it's all, this year's over, so forget about this year. Like I said, the Mets are going to be irrelevant after Tuesday. We're not going to be talking about them. You're not going to hear many people talk about them. They're just kind of going to fade away. And they'll still be playing. They'll have games. It'll be on TV. You'll watch it and you'll tune in. But you're not going to be, it's not going to be like the season's over for the Mets fan. Okay, now it now for me at least it goes rooting against the Yankees. That's where I turn my attention. I will watch the Mets, but it, listen, it's not happening. And I know they would they won three out of four, but they won three out of four against Washington. Okay, Washington is is not that far behind the Mets to be honest with you either. I think they're six games back of the Mets. The Mets will finish in fourth uh, fourth place in the division because the Phillies are sliding as well. The Phillies are, let's see where the Phillies are in the wild card, because they lost again today. The Phillies are 
a half game out of that wild card. So they're right there, but they were in that second wild card just a week ago with like a two or three game cushion. In their last ten games, they're four and six. The Dodgers, the Reds, are more other teams that are buying, going for it. Um, the Cardinals have decided to sell, just like I said the Cardinals would. The Cardinals are a team. They're a big. They're kind of a big market team in St. Louis. They're not a small market team. But the the way the city and the fan base is constructed, and say it's not like it's not like here in New York. Okay, they're not cutthroat. They're not win at all costs type of fans. They love their baseball team. They, they're a great baseball town in St. Louis. They can afford to go through a little bit of a rebuild. The Mets cannot, which is why I'm not that worried that it's going to just be bare bones. Even if they strip it to bare bones, they're going to plug some things in in the off season and will be somewhat competitive next year. Because you can't strip it down to nothing and do a rebuild just like the the Orioles and the Blue Jays did and the Reds. You can't do that here. They'd be marching in the streets. Imagine the Yankees that tore it down and the Mets tore it down. And I know the Mets have had bad teams, but even during those real bad teams in the early 90s, they were not, they were kind of like this team. You know, they, they got the big, they Bobby Bonilla, they got Vince Coleman, Robbie Alomar. They, they were, they, listen, those were terrible Mets teams. But they weren't like strip it down to nothing. Basically tank for two, three years, get number one, number two, number three picks, build it up, and wait for those guys to work their way through the system. You can't do that here in New York. And I don't think the Mets will do that, and I think Steve Cohen knows that. Now, I also think his three- to five-year championship thing is probably dead. It's not going to happen. I think he realized it's not going to happen. You won't hear him say it, but I think he knows now. It, it's, it, it's harder than it, than it looks. You know, you can't just come in as a rich guy and a fan and throw a bunch of money and I want it's not a fantasy draft and you get whoever you want and we're going to go and win the championship and we're going to have a dynasty. You know that's what he thought coming in here a couple of years ago. You know it is. I'm going to have championship three to five years. Mets are going to be... Here we are. Here we are. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. They won 101 games last year. Okay, 101 games last year. This year, who knows how many games they're going to win. They're, not, they're probably going to finish under 500 because now they don't have a closer. They lost a starter. You're going to see, you know, you could just see that it's a dead kind of team. Last night, I was, when I was at the game last night, the crowd was dead. It was a, it was a small, it was a beautiful Saturday night. End of July, Saturday night, and the place was, uh, you know, 25,000, if we were lucky there. 25,000, and there was an hour rain delay, but still, 25,000 if you're lucky. I don't know what the announced attendance was, but it wasn't more than that. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the Mets do. It's going to be interesting to see what the Yankees do. It's going to be interesting to see what a lot of these teams do. Texas is going for it. The Reds. There's certain teams that, you know, that's who I'm going to be looking for and and watching now in these next two months. Like I said, I'll keep an eye on the Mets, root against the Yankees, but I'm going to be watching the Reds. I'm going to be watching the Orioles. I'm going to be watching the Angels because I think that's a fascinating thing out there in the way they're going all in. The Angels owner, basically, he doesn't want to be the guy who sold Babe Ruth. 
because you're not going to get what you need. Otani's a two-month rental, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go down in history like that. So what did he do? He said, "We're keeping him. Don't retreat." The GM basically said, "You know what? He tells me don't retreat. Then we're going to go for it. And we're just going to get everybody we can." And good for them. And good for the Angels fans. And I hope they make it. So we'll see. We will be. Um, I will be with um, Mark Mancini on Tuesday at six o'clock, doing a show. We're going to try and put it on live for you guys. Trade deadline show. It's going to be an hour after the deadline. Deadline is five o'clock on Tuesday. Everything's got to be in and finalized. Five o'clock on Tuesday is the the trade deadline. You know the deadline deadline. So we will come on at six. Myself, Mark Mancini. We'll see if we can grab Brett for a little bit. Um, the no guarantees with Brett, but that that's going to be a good show. You're going to want to tune into it. We're going to I'm going to try and get it out live, either on Facebook or on Mixler, which I told you about last time. So we'll we'll see if we can do that. Um, <clears throat> so that's the baseball story. Okay, there's a little bit of a development with, uh, and we haven't talked much about it. I haven't talked much about it, but. With the women in the World Cup, okay? The women in the World Cup, they went... They played the Dutch the other day. They won their first game 3-0. We gave you that the other uh, last week, okay? They won their first game 3-0. They had the Dutch. They played terrible in the first half. I watched some of the game. They were down one nothing. They got a late goal. They tied it. They got a draw. Now, they're going in the third game. They play Portugal, which I'm guessing is not a bad team because Portugal... And they need, you know, Portugal has a good, they're a good soccer pedigree. The men's team is is good. And basically what's going to happen here is the U.S. can get themselves eliminated, which is unthinkable, unthinkable that they would not make it to the knockout stage. Okay, they're 1-0-1. They're still atop the, the, the group right now as it stands. But if they lose there's a very good chance that they will be out. If they lose, they're out. Basically, there's a way that they can get through if they lose, but it involves Vietnam scoring four goals, and Vietnam has no goals in in the whole tournament, so that's not going to happen. So they need a win or a draw against Portugal. Otherwise, they're out, and that's a huge story. The U.S. women, basically in all of the major tournaments ever in women's soccer, the U.S. has basically made it to, at minimum, the semifinals. I think they, they're in the finals of most of them. So they need a win or a draw, so it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be tuning into that on Tuesday. I didn't see what time it was. Uh, I have it right here. That's going to be, you know, that's fascinating. And the World, the World Cup has been good. Once we get, like I said last time, once we get to the knockout stage, I'll start paying more attention to it. But this caught my attention because the U.S. women, you know, they're like the Russians in the 80s in the hockey team. The U.S. women dominate the sport. They've dominated the sport since its inception, basically, since FIFA decided to recognize women's soccer and put out a World Cup. The U.S. women have been basically unbeatable there. Like I said, they make it to the final. They win most of the tournaments, most of the major tournaments. And now they got a game that they've never seen. They've never been in a game like this before. They've never been in a, you got you to gotta get a result here. In the in the group stage, otherwise you could be going home, and that would be a huge story, and it would be a disaster for the U.S. if they go home. 
if they saw if Portugal somehow finds a way to beat them, and if the U.S. plays like they did in the first half against the Dutch, Portugal can beat them. So we'll see if the U.S. can get their act together. We'll see if they they can still win the group, and if they draw, they'll probably finish second in the group, which is which is disappointing in its own right. Because coming into this thing, okay, we're gonna even though they were in a tough group, we're gonna breeze through the group. We'll get to the, uh, the knockout stage. We'll probably win a game or two there before we even get challenged. Now they find themselves back against the wall. They need a win or a draw on Tuesday just to advance into the knockout stage, and we'll see how that goes. So we'll keep an eye on that. As far as the NFL goes, you got the training camps now in full swing. Giants and Saquon Barkley agreed to the the one-year deal last week, so he is now in camp. I I said said last week that I wasn't sure. I was confused. I was confused as to why he was able to to sign a deal because there was a deadline that they didn't meet the deadline. Okay, it was done. He was threatening holding out, and then all of a sudden it popped up on on the TV that (coughs) the Giants had signed Saquon Barkley. Basically, here's what happened. They just did an extension of the franchise tag. So he basically signed the franchise tag. He got a signing bonus, and he got a couple plateaus where if he hits X amount of yards, I think it's 1,300 yards, he gets $2 bucks. If he gets if a certain amount of catches, he gets another million bucks. If the Giants make the playoff, you know, it's stuff like that. There's incentives involved. I guess they're allowed to add incentives and signing bonus onto a franchise tag, but they don't have to. So, you know, good for the Giants. Listen, they, they, they basically threw him a bone. You know, they said, hey, here you go. And what, what is he going to do? Like I said, he really had no choice. You can't sit out. What's he going to do, sit out a whole year? When, when the, the lifespan of, a, of an NFL running back, he's basically already exceeded it. He's missed time with an injury. We've seen players sit out before. It doesn't, it doesn't work, especially with running backs. We've seen running backs do it, and it doesn't work. What's his face for the Jets? For, just sat out with Pittsburgh, came to the Jets, and he was garbage. And then he was basically tossed into the scrap heap. And I told you, I told you that NFL running backs, it's just not a, it's not a position where you need a star, a high-profile, high high-paid star. You just don't need it. But good for the Giants. They recognized that Barkley is a good person. He is a good player. They didn't have to do this for him. Because you know what? If they Even if they didn't do this, Barkley was coming back to play. If the Giants said, we're not doing nothing, you are the franchise tag, you're going to make X amount, this is what you're making, this is what the franchise ta- tag gets, he would have been there for week one. I, I promise you he would have been there. Now the Jets, the Jets, like we said, the Jets are a week ahead of everybody else because they have they do play in the Hall of Fame game this year. The Jets had a little, you know, there was a little, I guess, controversy involving Rodgers and and Nathaniel Hackett. Um, if you didn't see the comments, Sean Payton, let me find the comments here. Here it is. Sean Payton said. In a press conference the other day, he said, or last week, he said, Nathaniel Hackett, his 15 weeks with the Broncos last year was some of the worst coaching he'd ever seen in his life and some of the worst coaching ever in NFL history, and he blamed 
the fact that Russell Wilson had a terrible year last year on Nathaniel Hackett and basically said he's a terrible coach. Nathaniel Hackett, of course, is the Jets' offensive coordinator. So now people are asking Rodgers, what do you think about what Sean Payton said? Now, as a as a aside here, Sean Payton, two days after he had said it, this they didn't ask Rodgers until about a couple days later, five, six days later. Two days after Sean Payton said it, he apologized. He basically realized he screwed up. Okay. He basically realized, oh, I you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that about another coach in my profession in the league. And he came out and he said, listen, uh, I still had my Fox hat on. I'm still thinking like an analyst and uh, I got to get back into coach speak and, you know, a whole bunch of BS because that's how he really, what he said is how he really felt. So anyway, they asked Rogers, how do you feel about this? Rogers said, and, and I quote, Sean Payton better keep my coach's name out of his mouth. Then be, then be some fighting words. <laughs> so that, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff you get with the NFL training camps and, and that's news. And that was big news. And then the whole Sean Payton thing was big news. And that's why I don't like the, the NFL training camp and preseason because that's not news. Okay. Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett did a terrible job with the Broncos. Sean Payton was right. He should have stuck behind it. They were terrible. Russell, Russell Wilson was terrible last year. So I, I would have just stuck where he was right. Now, Nathaniel Hackett, he's worked with Favre. Favre knows there's worked with uh, Favre. Listen to me. Rodgers has worked with him forever. I'm going to be saying Favre. The Jets could be in the Super Bowl this year, and I'm going to say Favre. Um, so that's what's going on. As far as the Giants go, nothing really crazy going on there. No injury. That's all you want to stay away from the injuries. No injuries. That's what you say, okay? That's what the, the any report about NFL training camps and preseason should be is Injury, no injury. Team, injury, no injury. That's it. Because that's all I want to know. Okay, there were. They, you read some of the. I read, read some of these articles in the paper or online or whatever, and they're going through play, individual plays that the teams are running in their practice. You know, they, they're keeping stats of the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones started out, their Giants went three and out on their first drive. And then they had a good, good three first downs on this. Like, listen, I, there's better things to do. It's nice weather. There's a beach. We live close to beaches. There's pools. There's, there's stuff on TV. I don't really need to know how Daniel Jones did on his first two drives in practice. It's, it doesn't matter to me. It's not going to really matter at all. And I get it that the NFL, people are dying for any kind of content when it comes to the NFL. But it I mean it just gets it the minutia of it is just you're talking like Alan Iverson, you're talking about practice, man. Practice. So that's that. No injuries. Saquon Barkley in. Um Rogers, you know, telling telling Sean Payton to back off. That's it. That's what's going on. They had, you know, I can't watch the NFL. But, and that's what, another reason why I'm so pissed about the Mets is because we're going to be stuck talking about that stuff in two weeks. Now, back to the Yankees real quick before we get out of here. We got a couple minutes left here with you. 
the Yankees, listen, as far as Severino goes, I, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do. Yankees are, are in trouble. They did not, they did not, listen, they took two out of three from Baltimore, which is good. The Yankees in their last 10 games are, let me get it for you right here. They're five and five in their last 10 games. Now, these next 10 games are going to be highly important. As you take a look here at the Yankees' upcoming schedule. So, the Yankees have two against Tampa. Okay, they're at, they go back home. They have, they have a little homestand here. They, go, they, get two, they get three against Tampa and then three against Houston. And those six games are going to be huge. And those are not going to be easy games. Tampa is as good, if not better, than the Yankees. And they've been better all year. Tampa's in a pennant race, a race for the division, a race to get that bye in the first round, which is huge, which we saw last year with the Mets not getting it is huge. So you're going to have big games there at Yankee Stadium. You're going to have six big games. you got the, the Rays and then the Astros. And by the time we talk to you next week on Locked Up Sports, you're going to know a lot better where the Yankees stand. And you're going to know. Are they going to go... Did, do they go four and two? Do they go two and four? Are they staying three and three? It, it's it's a big week for the Yankees. We'll see if they add any pieces. I I can't imagine they're going to run uh, Severino out there. I did not see Boone's comments after the game tonight if he said anything or or anything like that. But I mean, Boone was throwing batting practice in the first inning. The Orioles were just hitting rockets. Everybody got he. Six runs before before he got an out. And then Boone left him in. He took him out at nine runs. You know, you can't have that. And he's done it time and time again. He's been doing it for months. You got it. The Yankees are going to need to. The Yankees are, are a flawed team. Now, I know. I know it did. Coming from a Mets fan, you don't want to hear that because my team is worse. I get it. My team sucks. Yankees are a flawed team. They are five games over 500. They've been slowly, slowly, slowly slipping towards 500 now for the last three weeks. Now they got Judge back, and what do they do? They sit Judge on Sunday. I don't know how you sit Judge. If he wasn't hurt, I know he wanted to play because they said he was off. They said he was available off the bench, and if he's available off the bench, that means he probably could have played. He could have at least dh Right, you gotta have his bat in the lineup every day now, because the Yankees are a completely different team with Judge. We said two months ago when Judge went out that the Yankees need to tread water, they need to stay above five hundred, just keep themselves in the race. And as much as we bitch and moan and complain about how the Yankees, how bad the Yankees' offense is, and Severino and this and that, they did exactly what we said they needed to do. They kept themselves within striking distance. They treaded water. They stayed above 500. They kept their head above water. They are in a race right now. And Judge came back. And then the second, and then the third game of him coming back, they sit him in on the bench. And they're down 6 0, and the game's over. I don't think it would have been different tonight if Judge played, but you can't be doing that. You got to have him in the lineup. Now, is that the analytics? Is Boone making the, you know, does Boone make the lineup? I don't think he makes it by himself. I think a lot of it comes from Cashman and Cashman's, you know, numbers guys in the back office crunching the numbers. So we'll see. So a big week for the Yankees, 
a big two days for the Mets because we'll see what they do. Does Ver, does uh, Verlander stay? Does Verlander go? Do they go crazy and get rid of McNeil and, and maybe Alonzo? Who who stays? How far are they going to strip this thing down? Are they going to go bare bones and have nobody and just basically blow out the rest of the season? Because that's what's going to happen. You're going to have some bad baseball from the Mets now. You have no closer. You have no, you, you know, you lost a starter. Verlander possibly on the move. Verlander would be perfect in Baltimore. Baltimore needs a starting pitcher. I don't know where he goes or if he goes. I don't even know if he would. And he's from that area, supposedly. I think he was a Old Dominion college kid. I think he's from Maryland. So we'll see if if he would even waive it, uh, his no trade clause. It's all up to him because even if the Mets make a deal, it still comes down to whether or not he waives the no trade clause. So listen, that pretty much does it for us tonight. Uh, again, we like to send our best wishes to Mike Grasso. Mike, get better. Brett, you do you. You do you. Take care of your father. Whenever he gets back, hey, listen, you're not missing much here, right? The Mets suck. I know he said he wanted to talk about the Mets and the trade deadline and stuff. He was going to come on for a couple minutes. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't do it. He's, he's, he's just too busy. He's over there by himself taking care of his dad. So if you're in the Sable area, stop by and help him out, would you? So you can come on here and talk to, talk to his fans and, and get the, the garbage he has about the Mets off his chest. So that does it for me. Again, make sure you, you tune in Tuesday. Tuesday we're going to have a trade deadline show. Myself and Mark Mancini. At six o'clock, we're gonna try and put it out live. If I can't, if I don't put it out live, I'll have it out by seven thirty, eight o'clock. It might be just audio, and it might be just audio live. We might even take some phone calls. If we do it on the Mixler app, we will have at least a chat where you could you could chime in. So make sure you tune in for that. You know, you could watch the the MLB Network and SNY and Yes Network up until five o'clock when the deadline hits. And then at 6 o'clock, you can tune in to us here at Locked Up Sports. So that does it for us. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, I hope you enjoy your week. Have a good week. Look, we're running out of summer here, right? Only a month left. So I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Might get better. Brett, we'll, I'll talk to you in a little while. That's it for us. Uh, I'm Bob Walters. Thanks for watching, everybody. Remember, we are always available at LockedUpSports.net. Leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, And if you're on YouTube, also review us and subscribe. So that does it for me. I'm Bob Walters. I'll talk to you on Tuesday, everybody. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.